0: Welcome to the Imagine Alba podcast, bringing Scotland to you as we share its captivating history, celebrated myths, spectacular landscapes, and vibrant culture. Join us for a virtual journey across Scotland as we imagine Alba. Hello, I'm your host, Michelle, coming to you from beautiful Argyle. Thanks for listening. Today, we've got part two of our exploration of the Argyle Highland Clearance Village, Araconian. If you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you go back. That sets us up for the story that follows. We introduced Araconian and a bit of its history up to the point that the tenants got that infamous notice that they were to, quote, flit and remove themselves from their homes forever initiating a notorious Highland Clearance Riot. When they got that notice from their landlord, Neil Malcolm III, that told them to be out by May 27th, that was just a few weeks away, The Eraconian families made no move to leave. On the day, which is a minor holiday Whit Sunday, the sheriff came by to see if they were gone, and they weren't even packed. It was obvious that there was nothing that he alone could do. These folks were not budging. The sheriff returned on June 13th with two dozen estate workers. According to one story, the men of the village were lured away on some pretense. But a contingent of ladies led by feisty widow Mrs. Catherine McLaughlin Campbell met them with pitchforks and frying pans and proved that indeed, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. The posse bravely ran away. The sheriff's posse came back with orders to use all necessary force to remove the tenants, their livestock, and all of their house furnishings. Armed with sticks and stones, upwards of 60 people, so by this time neighbor villages are joining in, they were waiting when the authorities came for that third time. Violence inevitably broke out, and in the scuffle, one of the leaders of the riot was captured. The police made several tactical retreats towards the main town, Long Gilped, and they even caught a few more prisoners. However, the mob just kept pursuing them, and soon its numbers swelled to more than 200 angry Gallic farmers. In the argy-bargy, the veteran dragoon got the worst end of it. William Martin complained later, quote, The mob were using sticks and stones. I was half dragged over a dike. The sheriff locked his handful of prisoners in the local pub like you do but other than martin and a few cops the posse was really mostly just a bunch of estate workers gillies and gamekeepers not policemen and they were not prepared to take on this belligerent crowd or, or shoot them in fact they were their neighbors so the sheriff agreed to release his prisoners to quote trustworthy tenants for the time being and again he bravely ran away By this time, the sheriff was thoroughly disgusted, so he tried to call in the military. The government rebuffed him. They had plenty on their plates to be worrying about some minor scuffle in the highlands. It was suggested that instead, maybe he should open a dialogue with them, uh, perhaps in their language. Calmly explain the reasons behind the removal that the government said, quote, "...created such unusual disturbances among a hitherto well-behaved and orderly rural population." Finally, a Gallic interpreter was brought in to meet with the tenants. We don't know exactly what he told them. Perhaps he laid out the argument that further resistance was futile, that eventually the military would come right in with heavy artillery, sail right up Lock Sween, and blow them all to kingdom come. That's what the sheriff wanted to do, after all. More likely, Martin and his goons would burn the farmers' houses down, with them inside if need be. After all, that was actually happening in other cleared villages. Whatever he said, it led to, quote, peaceable removal, and on August 7th, most everyone packed up and left Araconian. Stay with us. After the break, we'll explore the aftermath of the Araconan clearance riot.
1: you imagine your perfect day in Scotland? Would you make a pilgrimage to the land of your ancestors? Or explore magnificent castles and mysterious stone circles? Perhaps you would hike into the heart of an ancient supervolcano, or follow in the footsteps of legendary kings and powerful druids. Maybe you would top it all off by indulging in world-class seafood and, of course, a dram or two of the local whisky. No matter how you imagine your perfect day in Scotland, we'll help you make it happen on an Imagine Alba private day tour, local experience, or self-drive itinerary. Visit ImagineAlba.com to find out more. Imagine Alba, find your Scottish soul.
0: five ringleaders of the Araconan riot, including the Widow Campbell, were brought to trial at the High Court in Inverary. They received sentences ranging from four to eight months. You can still visit the jail in which they were held. Understandably, none of the Araconan families chose to take their landlord's offer to move to Australia. However, a few did take positions on his estate or move to other local townships so they could stay in Argyle. Some spread out around the country many others immigrated. Alan McLean was one of those charged in the riot. When he got out of jail, he moved to Canada with his family, settling in Eckford Township in Middlesex County, where there was an established community with Knapdale roots. A quick look at the phone book online today shows a whole mess of McLean, so evidently they thrived there. After most of the people left, one last farmer and his family lived at Eraconian by themselves using the bricks and stones from the abandoned cottages to do some remodeling on their own. Later, Araconian reverted back to a sheiling, and as the fat roofs would have long rotted off or burned, shepherds robbed cottages of stones to cobble together crude shelters, just like back in the Dark Ages, except rather than their own shaggy black cows, they now herded the laired sheep. In the early 20th century, the Forestry Commission bought the land, and they've done a fine job of preserving and interpreting the site. From a car park at the bottom of the ridge, there's a trail, and you can hike up to it in about 20 minutes. It's all tumbled-down ruins now, but the entire hamlet is well-preserved enough to see the layout, and some structures and walls, including a barn, are remarkably intact. Eraconan is a lonely, remote place and eerily quiet now. But standing there, you're transported back through time in your mind, as if through one of those magic standing stones, to a very different place. That-roof cottages made cozy with roaring fireplaces, the smell of bannocks and mutton stew coming out of them, wild animal pens filled with noisy livestock, goats and pigs and cows, chickens. There's a barn with unique triangular windows that allow the cross breeze to gently winnow the barley. A large cauldron once used to produce fine tweed now stands upside down. A metal bed frame lies forlornly in the grass. It is heartbreaking. separated by 170 years standing there you feel that these people aren't just faceless tenants they're folks like neil mcmillan a father of 10 who scratched his name in the doorway of his no doubt crowded but snug cottage and you can still see it neil was one of those arrested in the riot along with widow Catherine campbell and alan McLean. can't you just imagine them sticks and stones in hand fighting for their homes with everything they had. The same thing happens time and again throughout world history, of course. Clearing natives to exploit their resources, it still happens today. In some cases, Scots who had been forced to leave their homeland did the same to Aboriginal Australians or Native Americans. I know because my own ancestors were among both the cleared and the clearers. Growing populations competing for scarcer resources, successive famines, the industrial age. In hindsight, we know the feudal way of life at Arakonen, however idyllic it may have seemed on the surface, was a hard scrap life, and it couldn't last forever. Farmers eventually migrate to the city. The course of capitalism, hated or loathed, always marches on. Isn't this the way of things? <laughs> Try telling that to Catherine Campbell from the business end of her pitchfork. However, that said, as we've seen in Araconan, the fact is the vast empty landscapes that you see in Scotland today, however beautiful, are merely a shell of what it was. Once covered with more than 35 million acres of verdant native Caledonian forests, less than 44,000 acres remain. Many thousands of people lived here, thrived here until the 19th century, many more than today. And while throughout history, they did their fair share of cutting timber and farming and fishing, it was in a way that helped preserve the local resources for future generations. It was sheep that transformed much of the highlands into an ecological and social desert. Professor Ian Stewart describes sheep as a woolly locust. Putting profit before people in this way nearly destroyed not just a society, but also an entire landscape. And Scotland's population, its rich Gallic culture, and its rare ecosystem are still struggling to recover. And on a positive note, I want to highlight work to restore the damage done by the clearances. Native flora and fauna such as Caledonian pines, Scottish wildcats, beavers and eagles are being reintroduced. Government programs are helping incentivize farmers to raise native woodlands instead of sheep. Organizations like Kilhoan Estate in Argyll are rewilding the countryside, working with other groups to create a nationwide matrix of wildlife corridors. And Gaelic language and culture is, despite what some newspapers say, most certainly not dying out. Traditional yet always evolving with the times, Celtic music thrives in pubs, community centers, festivals, and concert halls, not just in the highlands and islands, but around the world. Gaelic language centers, schools, advocacy groups, and public signage are all doing their part to keep the language, and therefore the culture, alive. In fact, Duolingo released a Scottish Gaelic language course for its app, and over half a million people have downloaded it so far. That's many times the number of native speakers. Rav has been learning Gaelic, and he's not fluent, but he's getting pretty darn good. It won't be in my lifetime, maybe, but I'm hopeful that within a few decades, Scotland will look a lot more like it did in the heyday of Aracona. And for myself, I often think about my ancestors and try to picture that fateful day when they boarded a ship to South Carolina How they watched their beloved Scotland fade away into the distance, knowing they would never see it again. What would they imagine, I wonder, if they knew that someday one of their daughters would finally get to come home? Have you ever visited a clearance village where your ancestors cleared and then immigrated somewhere else in the world? Get in touch with us through our website ImagineAlba.com or send us an email at ImagineAlba at yahoo.co.uk. Look for us and tag us on social media with hashtag ImagineAlba. Also be sure to browse the website for Scottish inspiration. We have articles, images, videos, music and 360 tours that are free for the clicking and do subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Thanks for listening. This is Michelle for the Imagine Apple podcast. Until next time.